0: Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com.
1: Hi, Joshua here, producer for Living Wealthy Radio. For this week's episode, I want to share with you a great conversation that Teresa recently had on the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. In this conversation, financial advisor Mark Willis is interviewing Teresa about her own journey with money, politics, and the way the world works. And you'll notice one of the main takeaways from this talk, and something Teresa often recommends for everyone, is to question the official narrative. Always get a second opinion. Never assume the way things are is really and truly the way things are. You'll see what I mean as the conversation unfolds. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Welcome, Teresa,
2: to Not Your Average Financial Podcast.
0: Thank you, Mark. It is a pleasure and an honor to be with you.
2: Well, tell us a little bit about your background, your journey, how you got to where you are today with our uh, audience.
0: Well, uh, I really my, my journey regarding, I guess, uh, life and career to make it very brief. I've worked with money now for over 34 years. I worked during college. I worked full time, went to college full time, and I worked for a Wall Street firm when I was 20 years old. Uh, very, very interesting, a boutique, uh, Wall Street, um, Based office, I worked for a broker. They were called brokers at the time. Who, at fifty-five years old, she was a woman, and at fifty-five years old, she uh, started working uh, as a as a broker. Uh, she was married to a rabbi, and so her synagogue um, members of her synagogue were her clients, and it was absolutely fascinating and eye-opening. And uh, so that's really where my my journey began in this world of money. So uh, yeah, 34 years. And about 22 years ago, I learned that everything that I had been taught conventionally about money uh, with school, I have a degree in finance. I went to law school, got all sorts of training and certifications and everything else. right? And I, I just learned that the traditional... Education for advisors and for really the public was a big fat lie and went out looking for the truth, went out looking for strategies that actually served people and not served other people's interests or street or bankers' interests.
2: Fascinating. Well, so I want to hear more about the the aha moment you had there and walk us through that that transition? Because you, you were knee deep in uh, your, I don't know, maybe you had clients at that time working for her uh, alongside her. Uh, but just kind of wh- how did you come across some of those truths where where traditional financial planning had failed clients and failed the public?
0: Well, when I was in college working for this broker, it, it was very interesting. There were 10 um, brokers who were Recruited from a firm to work for this firm. And I just won't name names at this point. Sure. And so they were top producing brokers and it was a boutique firm just, um, just there to support these brokers. And what I saw in terms of how they treated clients and clients losing money, I just knew I was not wired to work with people losing money. I just realized that very early on in my career and that was a gift for sure. And then years later, you know, I've worked in in real estate. I've worked in, um, so very familiar with that whole world of real estate, very familiar with the world of Wall Street and day trading. I used to train um Wall Street traders on technical analysis. I mean, I've really run the gamut of everything that's out there, partly because I'm very curious. I love to learn, partly because it suited my lifestyle as, um, you know, when I had my son and, you know, needed something that was more um, convenient to raise my son and uh, still satisfy my need to be engaged with people and and engaged in the financial conversation. And really what did it for me was the year my son was born. I happened across a book called The Creature from Jekyll Isle, written by G. Edward Griffin. And I began a journey of this whole world of information that at that time was not easy to find. Cause we're talking about 22 years ago, there really wasn't the internet. Um, there wasn't the, the amount of information anyways that we have in the internet today. And uh, that book, that one book really opened my eyes. And I remember reading that book. I was very depressed. I was, I like the rose colored glasses had come off and I was the kind of person who, you know, went to DC to go to law school and could not be more exciting, you know, living in, you know, the shining city, uh, that in my opinion was the shining city on the hill that everything I thought it represented was about, uh, freedom and liberty and doing the right thing and across the street from the law firm that I worked for as an attorney uh, a couple blocks down actually was the Federal Reserve building and I just remember walking by that building and it was just so awe-inspiring. All the buildings in D.C. are just amazing and their, their size and their architecture and when I read the book and I, I had this whole different impression about the Federal Reserve all of those feelings, all of those emotions, all of the, I don't know, innocence, right? Um, right, was gone. The rose-colored glasses were gone. And I remember sending that book to my father. And um, he read that book and um, said, you know, can't believe it. And then I bought another book. Every book that I would buy and read, I'd send them a copy of. Because at that time, I had nobody to talk to about these these, this information, right? And by the fourth book, he called me up and said, "Don't send me another book. I'm almost sixty years old, and I can't do anything about this information. And uh, I just, I just don't want to know at this point. I, I, I don't want to know." Really? And he wasn't. It's, it's, he wasn't it's, it's, being. Wow. Yeah. He he wasn't trying to be um, ignorant. He was depressed. I, he was I, mourning. I, right? Yep. yep. Just like I was.
2: Tell me the the name of the book and I, I've, uh, uh, we'll be sure to include this in our show notes, but, uh, the creature from Jekyll Island from G Edward Griffin, is that Griffin. right? Yeah. So I've had the, uh, and, and I, I just finished that book maybe six months ago on, uh, you know, listening to it on audio. Cause it's a, it's a big, long textbook. I mean, he goes, it's all, but it reads like like a crime thriller almost, uh, but it, it's deep and it's a historical narrative. Tell us what you discovered in that book. And this might be, I mean, there's so many places we could take this conversation, but what did you find that caused those rose-colored glasses to come off?
0: For me, it was like, wow. But today, I think most people realize the Federal Reserve is not private. Like thats It's all over the internet. You so know, you
2: yeah, I think most people have never really stopped to think about, well, is there a federal reserve? Most people might not even know. Those that do think, well, they're, they're kind of the the economic priests in our land that fiddle with the, the levers and pulleys of our interest rates, and maybe that's as much as they kind of understand. But maybe walk through just kind of the basic core realities where, where did the federal reserve come from? What's its you know, proposed role in society? I don't mean for you to have to go through a history lesson here with us on the fly here, Teresa. But what what were some of your aha uh-huh moments or or, or uh, re- you know realizations that you came to? Tell
0: well, to- Mark, that's really easy, and I won't get into the technical stuff about the Federal Reserve because there are many out there that yeah. are um, more learned that could that could describe that. But what I learned, what I took away from that book was I do not know the truth, but I know what they're telling me is not true. And I've applied that concept to everything in my life today. Um, from there, right? And all my, all my learnings, you know, if you want to take that information and say, oh, that's BS, that's not true, whatever. If you just look at the world from the perspective that whatever the, the general thought is, right? Whatever the media, whatever... Wall Street, whatever the banks, whatever these big institutions are telling us, we may not know the truth, but we know that what they're telling us isn't true. And they've got an agenda. And that is the number one thing that I took away. And every book that I've read since then, and actually that year, so that, that year I read that book, and I read another book, and I read another book, and I just realized, okay, I've got to look at the world in a different place. And- right. I may not know the truth, but if from a philosophical perspective, right, what I'm trying to do is impact the world with concepts and strategies that serve my clients, number one, then I've got to look at the world differently. And um, I look at uh, health that way. I look at um, money that way, I look at education that way, I look at the internet that way, I look at the media that way, I look at you know our our military that way, I look at our government, our politicians, I look at every aspect of my life in that perspective. Mm-hmm. you know I may not learn the truth, hopefully when I die, and I have a conversation with God, right you know i 'm going to learn the truth, but I may not know the truth, but what is the message that I um, and being told and what's the agenda behind that message.
2: You know, it, it strikes me as you're saying this, Teresa, uh, you know, first of all, just on the federal reserve, the two things for our listeners, if you've never really stopped to think about it, all we'd really need to say to give you the synopsis of that book is it is not federal and there is no reserve. So (laughs) you got it. There you go. So, everything else you can go read in that book. But your point, I think it comes from that spirit of curiosity that you brought up earlier, Teresa. I mean, uh, you, you came at, that's how you ended up teaching technical analysis to Wall Street traders, right? It's the curiosity that brought you to DC in the first place. It's the curiosity that that continuously drives you to asking deeper and deeper questions. What's the agenda? Some of the Questions I'm sure our listeners have asked. You know, who else besides me is going to earn money on my mutual fund? That's a great question to ask, right? Uh, and and you know, what are the you know the real uh, agendas behind uh, the tax law or the Federal Reserve's interest rates going up and down? Uh, and I mean, you could really, as you say, with health, with finance. Uh, I mean, your podcast Teresa is living wealthy. And that can encompass so many things, right? Um, So talk to us a bit about what you mean when you say you want to impact the world with financial concepts that serve your clients, uh, where you help people think different. I mean, because that's what our episodes are all about, too, helping people look at the world differently, helping them think different about their reality. So tell us a bit about what you mean when you say you want to have that kind of impact and and how do you serve your clients with uh, kind of a fresh approach to financial strategies?
0: Well, when I discovered the bank on yourself concept, right, um, many years ago, I I tested it first, right? Because again, what's the agenda, right? Who's this serving? Who are these strategies serving, right? And uh, so I tested it first and then I started offering it to my clients and um, what I found Bring that same test, right? What's the agenda? Who does this serve? Who is this good for? Like the advisor selling it, they're making a commission. Oh, wait a minute, commission's a lot less in the traditional policy. Okay, we're talking about whole life insurance. Oh, that's demonized by Wall Street. That's demonized by every financial educator or edutainer, right? Educational (laughs) entertainer, right? Um, Why? Why is that? Oh. Who is paying for their advertising? Who sponsors their shows? Like, I was breaking it all up. Like, why is this so demonized? And I found that it's demonized because it takes money away from Wall Street and the bankers. Now, I'm not here to say that Wall Street is wrong and the bankers are wrong completely and totally I think um, you can look at it both ways. There's a place for Wall Street. There's a place for banking, how they're doing it. You know, who knows? I'm not here to demonize everything at all. Really, the message that I share more than anything is be an independent thinker, right? Don't take information on face value. And when I was looking at the, the bank on yourself concept, right, and dissecting it, I found, you know what, this really serves people. This does exactly what it says it's going to do, right? And it's been around for a very, very long time. And it gives people freedom, right? It doesn't lock their money in prison. And it, it, you know, I hadn't found and still haven't found a financial strategy that does so many things that the strategy does. And so really, if there's anything that I want your, your listeners to walk away with is um, be an independent thinker, trust and verify, think about the agenda that um, information is offering, including us, including our conversation, including what we say, Precisely. do your own research, right? Uh, and... I think once people do that and they look at the strategy and they see it for what it is, right?
2: I think there's so many people that I've met uh, since, uh, again, from my own background, it sounds like yours too, Teresa. We had those moments where all of a sudden the scales fell off our eyes and we were given this whole new, you know, one person actually taught, it it was a mentor of mine a long time ago, said that our beliefs are sort of like, they're not like a foundation, but they're more like a spider web. And each main belief that you have uh, is a string on your web and and you can cut one or two uh, and you're okay. You can rebuild your web. But if you break too many of those strings, all of a sudden you have a, a paradigm shift almost and you have to build from scratch all over again. And it sounds like, you know, for many of us in the, you know the world of personal financial strategies like Bank on Yourself. We we get to this point where we've come through that sort of transformation process, and uh, I think it helps to in- invite uh, you know your clients through a similar process. I, you know, so tell me how you uh, um, you know help people make that transformative journey uh, from believing that hey buy term and invest the rest or you know, uh, let's throw every last dollar toward our mortgage or, you know, hey, let's rely on Wall Street to get us uh, to financial, uh, the financial city of Oz or our, our, our destination, you know. So how do you help, you've become an independent thinker, obviously, how do you help your clients do the same?
0: Well, I've, by the way, I love the analogy of the web, right? And it's so true. And, you know, my experience 22 years ago was I became very depressed which is part of the mourning process, when your web is now destroyed, right? like your, a state of
2: grief, right? Yeah.
0: It, it absolutely was a state of grief. It was a state of disbelief. It was a state of mourning because the web is no longer there. And you you're found it's like your foundation totally being ripped, right? Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got nothing and you've got to rebuild that, right? And I and think so,
2: – I don't mean to interrupt you here, but I think a lot of people – gloss over that, uh, when they meet with you or any financial advisor, they're not thinking about your, your stages of grief or transformation or your, your, the advisor's journey with money or the consultant or financial professional's journey with money. It's, it's really a, it is, you are a human just like they are and you went through that, that uh, marathon or that journey that through the jungle and came out on the other side. And now they're meeting you having all these new beliefs, but, but they haven't yet done that. So yeah, how do you get to, how do you bring them through that journey where they're learning new things, experiencing that stage of disbelief or loss almost or grief? How do you help them through the depression even?
0: Well, number one, I think just the concept, bank on yourself repels people who aren't necessarily thinking independently
2: mm,
0: right. and no offense to those who aren't thinking independently. Right. I totally get that. And everybody's journey is different. And I mean, no disrespect. Um, the power of cognitive dissidence and the power of groupthink, and the power of, uh, Madison Avenue and advertising and PR and misinformation is tremendous, right? It's a tremendous force. So number one, just the concept of bank on yourself, the people that are attracted to that, right? Are going to be more independent thinking or thinkers because the name implies taking responsibility for yourself. And so, That's one of the very cool things about, you know, the clients and the prospects that I work with. They, they, there's already a crack in their shield or they're already a little bit open minded to this concept. And so I've got clients that I work with that are totally aware or they're just beginning their journey of awareness and realize there's something wrong. There's something off. There's a misalignment with their present financial circumstances and their understanding of money. They know something is yeah. off. And so part of that journey is unveiling and bringing to consciousness what their beliefs are. And if they know something's off, why is there a misalignment with their, where their money is?
2: Where would you help uh, folks start if they're, um... Maybe they're with a current advisor who is not challenging their way of thinking and maybe they've got the sneaking suspicion that things are not as they seem and that, you know, uh, the prevailing powers that be, whether it be Wall Street or, you know, Congress or the Federal Reserve or banks. um, How do you help people? I mean, it sounds like maybe a few books would be one way to go. How do you help people start that journey? How, How do they take the first step toward independent thinking?
0: Well, um, certainly reading, right? And there are a lot of people out there. I'm a reader. I love to read. I'm always curious, always in every area of life. Think about every area of life. I'm like, that's what makes my life a little bit complicated because I have so many interests, right? But um, I, I've learned that not everybody's like that and not everybody wants to read a book but some people will do a Google search, right? And so get online and do a little bit of a Google search podcast like yours, which is fantastic, right? The information that you've got and, and the impact that you're having educating people, right? Um, you can listen to podcasts. Um, you can talk to people and talk to people with different, um, that come from different areas of life, right? If you're going to talk to <clears throat> Um, and again, no dig on Wall Street advisors, right, or traditional advisors. But if you talk to somebody who's a Wall Street advisor, a traditional advisor, you talk to three of them, you talk to 10 of them, they're going to have pretty much the same advice and the same kind of thinking. So talk to different thinkers. Talk to different pe- uh, people that are from different walks of life or have different perspectives on money or different um, uh, careers, so to speak, on money. You're going to, you know, start getting, um, let me approach it this way. Let me approach it from the perspective of health, right? If if I have a health issue, and this has been what, what I've done uh, in my life, I don't just go to one uh, health practitioner. I go visit with many different health practitioners because I found that different perspectives are going to help me solve an issue or a problem, right? And so the same thing when it comes to money, right? If you want to understand money, go talk to different thinkers about money. Um, you don't like to read, you don't like to listen to podcasts, you don't wanna have a conversation where well, you're gonna be stuck with the same thing that you've got and just know that, right? Um, you don't have, nobody has to do anything. But if they are unhappy with their financial circumstances or they want something different, they've got to do something.
2: Love it. And your, your podcast, Living Wealthy Radio, uh, you host each week. I mean, you're at episode, you're in the 300s almost. I mean, you've, you've been doing this for many years and are putting regularly people in front of your audience that are from all walks of life. I'm just looking at a few recent ones here, Market Trends Forecaster, next to uh, a coffee inventor, next to someone who helps with career advancement and is an author, next to cybersecurity risks and ways to protect yourself in this digital age. And I mean, you're, you're exactly right, Teresa, when you say that your, your focus is on living wealthy in all areas, not just a financial uh, lens, but in all areas of life, learning to think different uh, about your life in general. Um, let's say someone listening to this already has an advisor. Uh, you know what kind of questions would you want to ask your current advisor to help make sure that they're working in your best interest and that they're fitting your perspective on the world and on you know making sure that you you understand the truths about how your money is being managed by that current advisor any questions that you could think of or things that you'd like to make sure our audience talks with their current uh, professionals about related to their finances
0: So the first thing I'd ask is, Tell me about your journey with money, your personal journey with money. Tell me about your personal journey with your career. How'd you get here? Who do you listen to? What books do you read? How did you develop your philosophy around money? It's just the way it is, right? And so if they don't have a philosophy about money, then how deep of a thinker are they? Or did they just by default get into this career and that's what they do?
2: Love that yeah I think I think sitting down having a real honest conversation with your uh, whoever is helping you think through your finances uh, it's important to know their journey and how they got to where they are what their spider web looks like right uh, so any final ways we can keep in touch with you here Teresa I mean you have so much that you're putting out there to teach the truth about how money works and just how to live wealthy and all of its you know meanings of that word what are some ways we can make sure to keep up with all that you're doing
0: Oh, well, thank you, Mark. Uh, Living Wealthy Radio is uh, the place and it's just a, a projection of my, my curiosity and things. And if nobody ever, ever went to Living Wealthy Radio, I'd still be doing it because uh, it's just such a cool place venue for me to uh, learn and share with whoever wants to listen to right things that I'm curious about or interested in. Or really serving, right? If I meet somebody who I think they're deserving of uh, some attention and um, getting some, some people to, you know, learn about them, uh, I, I do that as well. Even though it might not be the most interesting podcast, it might serve someone. So um, just Living Wealthy Radio. And, uh, Mark, I can say the absolute same about you. Um, our styles are very different look at your radio podcast versus my radio podcast, very different styles and the information that you provide is so fantastic uh, and the way in that you're doing it. And I know your heart, I know you want to impact the world and elevate people from their financial bondage, right? Free them from their bondage. Uh, and so very happy to be working with you on this journey. And anything Absolutely. I
2: can do for you, let me know. Thank you, Teresa. Well, my pleasure. And, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with you. That's all. And I've uh, yeah. <laughs> read uh, two incredible books. Uh, uh, we actually co-authored one of those books together, The Secret to Lifetime Financial Security, which is a real honor. And that's available uh, on your website as well as Financial Myths Exposed by uh, none other than Teresa Kuhn. Get to the podcast at livingwealthyradio.com. And then your website is Living Wealthy Financial. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to Teresa. Uh, So Teresa, thank you for your time and thank you for all you're doing to spread uh, uh, wisdom and push back the frontiers of ignorance as a common mentor of ours is common to say.
0: Yeah, thank you, Mark.
2: Thank you.
1: Teresa was very honored to come on the Not Your Average Financial Podcast and have this conversation with Mark. If you would like to check them out for yourself, again, that's the Not Your Average Financial Podcast with Mark Willis and Holly Bach. And you can find them online at nyafinancialpodcast.com. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.